0: The differences from male to to female rugby players in in making a decision to have a child is uh, very different. To then juggle being a full-time professional athlete and being a a full-time parent, it was uh, hard and at times it was difficult to readjust. You're listening to the England Rugby Podcast, O2 Inside Line. I'm Marley Packer. I'm Marley Packer and I play for Saracens. I play open side flanker, so I say I just hang on the side of scrum and look good, but um, I'm the one that comes off and either hits the eight or makes the tackle on the 10. I grew up in a a town called Geoval in Somerset. I did love my childhood massively. It was just my mum, my brother, weekends. We spent quite a bit of time with our grandparents. I think it's probably to give my mum a bit of a break. So Marley Packer growing up was um, probably quite difficult, my mum would say. Uh, I think like I was just a bundle of energy all the time, wanting to be involved in everything and anything. Uh, I played after school clubs uh, on a Saturday morning, I'd do football on a Sunday, I'd play rugby, so yeah, always busy doing stuff. First time I ever went to rugby, it was it was a friend's parents that took me. And my mum thought I was going to watch. I'm not too sure why she thought that. And I was in like this pair of jeans and this red top, which like had frills around my neck and around my sleeve. And it was a top I actually really hated. She put me in it, I came back, caped in mud. And I don't think I wore it again. So yeah, right result. I think she knew I, like, I instantly loved, loved it and being in the thick of it. Being a single parent like she was, she was she was great taking me to sessions. Rugby's a community, and it's not just for the kids. Like the parents become really good friends on the sideline. My mum and, and me have got friends for life, like through me playing rugby as as, as a kid. A lot of them still say to me now because they like coach me at like under 8s and under twelves and all that. Oh, we made you the player you are. And uh, there's one coach she always texts me before an England game and goes, "Only a girl." And like so, like just that dialogue and to still speak to them people and. and to be able to go out and wear that that rose, not just for me, but all those people that have had an impact in my life to to make me to be the person and the rugby player I am today. So, yeah, it's it's really nice. Marley, I describe her. She's savage. She terrorises the pitch. I'm Abby Ward. I play for England and Bristol Bears, and I'm a second row. She has so much heart in whatever shirt she's wearing and she's just a player that really galvanises the strength around her and the team and, and that cohesion. When you think, oh, she can't get any better in the breakdown, she gets even better. I think you see her now, week in, week out at a club, absolutely tearing up. She's a great player to have next to you on the pitch. She's someone that is, if they're on the opposite side, you're thinking, this is going to be a tough day. That's the Packer swagger, isn't it? Like, she does <laughs> such a swagger about her. She's just been down on the floor, got a cramp, gets up. Yeah, come on then, let's go. When I left school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with life. I was good at sport. Um, I'm dyslexic, so didn't want to do academics, really. So went to college and I kind of did a sports course. And at the time, coaching kids... I didn't really enjoy what wasn't for me. And then it also impacted on my weekends. I wanted to be free to be able to play my own sport instead of doing coaching in the evening. So we went back to the drawing board and um, the under 20s at the time put me in touch with a a lady called Zoe Eaton who actually became my sevens manager in future. She was like a rugby advisor at the time. We came up with plumbing because I'd been doing some labouring for some brickies on a building site uh, in my holidays, which... It was great money at that time when I was that young. I got on an apprenticeship. Did my apprenticeship alongside my rugby at the time. Played for England under 20s. I captained them as well which um was a really proud moment. And then in 2008 I got my my first senior call up to uh yeah to the senior squad. I remember we came back after a game and I I got a call off of Gary Street. And um, Gary Street, like, lovely coach, um, bit of a joker, and he goes to me, hi, Marley. I'm like, hi, Gary. A little bit nervous, like head coach of England. And he was like, have you got a passport? I was like, yeah. He's like, good, because you're going to need it. We're calling you up to come to Amsterdam for the European Championship. For me, that was massive, but still I was quite mentally young then. I knew no one. Literally, I probably cried on the phone to my mum for two weeks because I am pretty much a mummy's girl. Don't admit that to too many people. When I was first in the squad, Maggie Alfonzi was in the squad and in my position, and she was one of the best in the world. I was her roomie, so I was super nervous, even more now because, you know, Maggie's uh, my roomie. Um, but that went really well, and then a couple days later, we were all sat in this room, and um, we had this big flip chart and like the page was down we were all sat in this room and they are like right this is the first team that's going to start the first Europeans game right so and I'm like okay no, there's no point knocking I'm not going to be there whips it over and I'm starting as open side anchor. and I'm like oh like you know you slide down your chair like oh what's going on here and Maggie was in the room and there's like I think she sat next to me maybe a couple of chairs down got my first cap it was great played I think 45 minutes then I didn't play the rest of the tournament so that was how that one ended My name's Maggie Alfonsi, uh, former England uh, women's rugby player. I represented England 74 times over an 11-year period. My relationship to Marley Packer, well, she was my my opposition, my competitor, my colleague. From the outset, though, I think Marley Packer has always been somebody who you have to lift your game against. You know, so I remember her um, starting in that game and then just being like, "Right, I've got to, I've got to step up my my uh, level of performance." But what's funny, even though we may have had a um, challenging, I guess, start to our relationship, she has always been um, an incredibly good friend, but also a fantastic
1: teammate to be alongside. My name's Gary Street. I'm currently the academy coach development officer for Harlequins. My relationship with Marley goes back to 2008 when she made her first appearance, and I was the England head coach that gave her her first cap. My early memories of Marley were what's a handful, to be honest. Um, she was uh, just a, a bubble of fun, of energy, something different, an insatiable spirit. I think that you know she was a, she was a fighter. Um, she was never going to get up. She was going to battle for a place and. And you just see right for the onset that she wasn't gonna settle for second best and, and she wanted to to be up there with the world's best. And that that was really interesting characteristics for for an open side flanker. I think definitely for for, for Marley, the, the challenge that she had was, was to get the off-field stuff right as well, the, the the fitness. She had very little background in in some nutrition and fitness. And I think that probably that transformation from being a really exciting youngster to being an international rugby player definitely took Marley a while and and but when she did, she uh, took to it like a, a duck to water i absolutely loved coaching marley i like energy in session she brings that it was always interesting playing a game of touch where marley would say can we play healthy touch boss which generally meant she wanted to go full contact and everybody smashing each other so marley's versions of uh of touch were uh, very interesting to to coach but uh, always a uh, always exciting and never disappointing I think she's probably surprised me just on the longevity of of that she's still going I think that's really testament to her mental desire the fact that the way she plays she puts her body on the line every single time she goes on the pitch and the fact that she's been through so many games of of attritional warfare um, and she's still going and she doesn't look like she's stopping yet
0: When I came back, I just like reevaluated what I really wanted. In plumbing, I knew that was what I had to get to pay my way, if you get me. So that was a really important thing is rugby wasn't professional then. Me and Graham Smith, we sat down at the time and I was like, I'm not ready for seniors. Keep playing at the under-20s and my time will come. That's what happened. So three years and three months, um, I got my second call up and uh, I went off to Canada and got my second cap i say my first cap was very different from my second cap. I was nervous and anxious the first time I got capped. By the time I came to program the second time, I was happy with who I was. In that time, I, I knew I was gay, so I was happy with who I was. When I came into my second cap, I just like, came into my own and just like, kind of got on with it. In that time, I played for the under-20s, like I said. Uh, I got captaincy for it, which was great got my qualifications as a plumber and then went on to get my gas qualification. It was pretty pretty proud time at the time because uh, I, I did find it difficult. Um, the first time I went through my gas exams, I, I failed. So um had to retake them, which was, you know, tough. But, you know, you just got to keep going with it. I didn't think it at the time, but like when I was doing my apprenticeship, like back then, like I think you, you'd earn like £80 a week. So it was very hard. I think on a Monday and a Wednesday night, then I'd also go down like my local pub and I would do waitressing, bar work. And then because of my plumbing in the day, I changed. I said, can I be the pot wash? So I didn't have to go home, like make my my face up and look good to go and go serve people. I could just look like rubbish and just wash up plates. It was fine. So um, yeah, to juggle all of that. But I think like when I got the break in a good job, I took it and... Yeah, I haven't looked back since to be fair. My name's Shauna Brown and I'm a prop forward for Harlequins in England. Marley Packer's a complete energy ball. If I ever am on her team when we're doing England stuff, I say, Marley, just, just talk to me. That's all you need, just talk to me. And she'll full, full name me. Like There's no one else called Shauna in the team. But everywhere, Shauna Brown, come here. Shauna Brown, go there. And some people are like, she shouts at you a lot, but I I like it because you literally know exactly where you are with Marley. And if she doesn't like what you're doing, she'll tell you. So yeah, for me, that's what I, I appreciate very much about Marley's energy. There's no half-heartedness with Marley. She is all into everything she does.
1: Third game taken by Marley Packer, straight on the charging and flanker, bashing, bullying away. <laughs>
0: Rugby and plumbing is very male dominated but I think for plumbing I'm someone that like it doesn't matter who I'm with I can have a laugh and like a joke banter with them so the lads in work like I get on with them quite quite naturally it's not a thing you just need to know make sure that they're they know what the line is and they they can't cross the line and I think for me as a rugby player uh it's exactly the same thing like you can push Marlene, pusher, but when you hit that line, then you're going to get a bite. So I think it is quite similar in in that respect. When me and my partner met, we, like, you talk about those things early doors, about, like, what you want in life and what you see future and stuff like that. And um, we both always said that we did want to have kids, but... For me, it was always rugby first. The differences from male to, to female rugby players in, in making a decision to have a child is uh, very different, but you have those early conversations, you know what you want. We were a few years down the line before we we decided definite, and we were really fortunate that um, we managed to conceive first time. That was a really positive thing, but to then juggle then the expectations of being a full-time professional athlete and being a a full-time parent slash the first nine months of just making sure that my partner was happy was uh hard and at times it was difficult to readjust for the time that we knew that we were going to have a child we knew that we were doing it while i would be going away on on long stints of time away i think uh there's a bit of planning that has to be be done with it. We were meant to be going on an Australia, New Zealand tour. Oliver was due in the October, November. And then I think four weeks later, I was meant to be going away on this tour for a month and a bit. Obviously, COVID's changed a lot of things for a lot of people. Like I wasn't able to go to his scans and things like that. But the positive of it is that I've been able to spend so much time with With Tash running up to her giving birth to Oliver, but then actually I've managed to spend a lot more time at home with them because of the situation we're in. Um, and I didn't have to jet out to uh, Australia or New Zealand quite so soon. I think it's getting a little bit harder now because Oliver knows when I'm leaving and because I'm the cool parent <laughs> um, he he like he has a little tear every now and then, but yeah, it's okay. Once I got the readjustment, actually, it's it's been really, really positive for me. I think my switch between being a rugby player and being Marley the mum, I find it quite easy and I actually really, really enjoy it. When I was juggling doing plumbing and being a rugby player, you wanted to always be that rugby player. And then when I was lucky enough to become professional, I was always on rugby. So even though say, so, I don't know, five o'clock, you go home after your training day. I didn't have that switch to switch off from being that rugby player. I was always thinking about things or watching extra footage or just being around rugby personnel, like people, um, you naturally just talk about it. So I think now with, with Oliver and my partner, when I go home, rugby is not the conversation. And even if I have got a sore back or something, that doesn't mean Oliver doesn't want to cuddle and being picked up. So yeah, it just crack on and make sure that the balance uh, is always right for both. Becoming a mum for the first time, it's a, it's a feeling that I can't explain. You've got to love and look after and provide for for this this little human that is that is part of you both. It is very, very special. I literally fall in love with him more and more every day. and like, I see myself and Tash come out running and I'm like, oh, scary. <laughs> little Marley Packer running around, oh, no one needs that. The support I've had from teammates, staff, both at my club, Saracens, and here at England, have, has been phenomenal. Some of the reactions I got from players, um, I'll go with Poppy Clear first. So, Poppy Clear was, was oh, I bet that was expensive. <laughs> but she was super happy, obviously. And then, like, I'm close to obviously Mo sarah hunter like yeah they're just all proper over the moon gave me a big hug and yeah just really happy back in 2018 when obviously i got done for drink driving it wasn't the fault of like not getting back into rugby it was just just more of the, like the, the ashamed bit of it. People do things wrong all the time and for, for me, that that was massive. But at the same time, like, managing to lose the thing I, at the time, I loved most, um, yeah, it was massive and something that, it would have been life-changing if I did lose rugby. Okay. I think the hardest part is actually looking back and knowing now that, My son could then look that up when he's older. Um, I'm about inspiring the next generation and whether that's through my rugby or stuff I do off the field, I want to help make the next Red Rose or the next England rugby player, whether it's boy or girl. So I'm massively ashamed by it. But at the same time, I hope that the people around me and younger players coming up through learn from my mistake and hopefully that it doesn't ever happen to them. I want to do things for players to aspire to, not to see that stuff in the paper. There are lots of mums in the Premiership. Obviously, there's there's one up in DMP, Davina, down at Harlequins, and they're different to me. They were the carrying parent, where I got the luxury of just the <laughs> of just getting the moans and helping out here and there. for me for being a, a red rose there's there's such a drive to be the best i can be and be that rugby player so that drive's still there for me and for people playing in in the allianz league there's got to be a massive drive for them going week in week out playing rugby training giving up a lots of their free time while they're still doing a full-time job or um, being a full-time parent so i take my hat off to them because yeah it's a lot Apart from the extra bit of weightlifting, Oliver's um quite a stocky, chunky boy. So, like, constantly want to pick up, but like, just that love. And when I come home, the smile just lights up on his face. It's someone that actually depends on you. To me, just completes me off the field. I understand that, like, my partner and Oliver are not going to come and watch me every game. Probably over the years, I've been quite selfish in my expectations of, of, Either people coming to watch me, or that actually rugby or gym sessions go first. But when I'm at home, my expectation from my partner and me being a mum to Oliver is that he he comes first. And if that's to make Tasha's life easier and me putting the washing on before I leave and doing the washing up and just those little things that like don't count for much, but actually it's massive when, when when you've got a child and just making sure that like everyone's happy across the board. It's life changing, but it's life changing in all the right ways. Um, there's adjustment. There's adjustment in your relationship. There's adjustment in in the sport you do. But actually, it's all worth it. But I think on the rugby pitch, I'm still Marley Packer, as in like, you know, I, I I pride myself in. I won't take a backward step. But I think off the pitch is that he's made me learn to that that switch from rugby to to. To, to him and to, to Tash so I think actually that's only making me a better rugby player I'm Liz Deacon I'm the England women's forwards coach Marley
1: Packer um, she's a winner Like she's so committed um, to everything but she wants to win at all costs and she's invaluable to
0: like the success of whatever team she plays in I just love playing rugby people ask me what are my drivers what makes me tick and week in week out I want to win on a pitch I've got that winning mentality and until the day I stop enjoying it and there's no smile on my face anymore that's when I know I'm done but right now I'm I'm literally loving it and it's a game of rugby anyone can win and anyone can lose but the team the squad that you're doing it with is is massive and I know they are put their body on the line for me and, and I'll do exactly the same for them if anything for me is being more of a senior player, actually, I get a lot more nervous probably before my, my league games, which I think is actually probably a good thing for me. It's really funny because obviously I've been, I've been knocking around for a few years now and I know I'm never going to win World Player of the Year or anything like that. And for me, that that doesn't bother me, but my goal, I'd love to hit 100 caps. To say I played for my country 100 times it would be massive right now. Like, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, I take each game as I can and if I get selected then that's another cap there and if I don't get selected then it's not another cap, do you know what I mean? And that would be a dream, a goal that I'm, I'm really going for but whatever happens, long as long as like, whatever I'm doing I'm enjoying it, I, I'll be happy.